You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host along with Ryan. We this week are going to talk about the Disney Plus series ahsoka it made its debut on august the 23rd and currently as of this recording we are now six episodes in episode seven airs tomorrow night and the season finale airs next week so as we get down to the end of the first season we wanted to do a podcast talking about all of the things that we love about this show some things that we have concerns about with this show and so much more And I'd also like to add that recently, the Critics' Choice Association gave Ahsoka the Critics' Choice seal of female empowerment and entertainment, otherwise known as the Sophie. So congratulations to Ahsoka getting that accolade recently, and it's one of the highest rated shows on Disney Plus currently at this time. Of course, fans of Rebels and Clone Wars have been waiting with bated breath for Ahsoka. So it's no surprise that this show has favored so well with fans. So if you are a huge fan of Ahsoka and Star Wars, then sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, where Ryan and I talk about Ahsoka. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I have a co-host today, Jamie. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. And you know what? I got to say a shout out to all the Padawans out there, all the former Jedi, because today we are talking Ahsoka. And I'm so excited because by the time we're filming this episode, you guys, six episodes are out on Disney+. Plus. So go check it out. Catch up if you have it. They're going to have about eight episodes total. But yeah, this is going to be a fun Girl chat, we're going to vent, we're going to talk about everything you guys have been talking about on social media, about all the moments that have happened thus far. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, pause us, come back later on, and, you know, you know, check us out, see what we got to talk about. But yeah, this is definitely spoiler alert. We won't exactly break down every episode because we want to change it up. We want to have a little fun with this one. We want to talk about all the drama, all the key moments, you know, everybody that they've cast for the show, I think they did a fantastic job. So I can't wait to dive into it with uh, Jamie. So Jamie, again, how are you doing? And what is your like overall thought of Ahsoka? Well, first of all, thanks so much for, you know, wanting to do this show with me. I've been wanting to talk about Ahsoka for a while. I had the pleasure of going on um, Punch Drunk Critics, Travis Hobson, who runs that site. He did like an Ahsoka recap show and we talked about it uh when the first episodes dropped the first two episodes so i i am so excited for this character i am to be completely 100 percent 
you know, full disclaimer here with you. I'm new to the Ahsoka-verse. I got into Ahsoka probably within the last year or so and got really hip to uh, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels pretty late. So I didn't watch those shows when those first launched. Uh, but, you know, as I was hearing more buzz about Rosario Dawson playing the role and then they greenlit it to be a live action series on Disney Plus, I really started to lean in more into Ahsoka. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I still call myself like a newer fan because I know many of the diehard fans of Ahsoka have been following this character since the beginning of those animated shows. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm like, I guess I could be kind of intermediate because I didn't watch a lot of Clone Wars. I've probably seen one season now just because basically when they announced, similar to you, Jamie, when they announced Rosario Dawson was going to play this, I was like, I have to be front row and center. I got to be ready. I got to catch every episode because I just love her, what she represents, the roles that she takes. And I just don't think she gets enough credit. And I'm hoping something like this will really kind of you know, take off, like for people that don't know about her, that aren't familiar, don't see how dedicated she is when she takes onto a project. I hope this really takes off for her. But yeah, I, as soon as I heard about that and I watched like Tales of the Jedi, just because I just wanted a little to know a little bit more yeah. about Ahsoka, but yeah, I didn't really, I wasn't really like one of those people that was just like, you know, I'm going to follow, follow Clone Wars closely or follow Rebels closely and was able to like really you know, just kind of pick apart all the Easter eggs. So I kind of jumped in fresh. I was a Mandalorian fan. So I'm a fan of how they're doing all these live action star, um, you know, Star Wars series on Disney Plus, trying to take the Star Wars from a different to another level. I'm a big fan of that. But you know, they've kind of they've had a couple of like hit and misses um with that as well. But I was like, I'm I gotta get us a try. Rosario Dawson was it for me. I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, let's go. <laughs> and and it's so great that um Rosario Dawson is playing this role because I've written about this and you know we here at Black Girl Nerds have the privilege of speaking to her at Star Wars Celebration you know ah Ahsoka is a role that she has actually wanted for quite some time years ago we interviewed her for this film that she was promoting called Zombieland and she had even mentioned in the interview how she wanted to play Ahsoka. So it's like, you know, sort of the rules of attraction thing where she just kept putting it out into the world that this is something that she wanted and she really embraced this character. And also to give credit to the fans, because there was huge fanfare and like a social media campaign around getting Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka. Because if you look at her, and you look at Ahsoka, the character, they look alike. Like the, the resemblance Absolutely, is uncanny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I couldn't imagine anybody else but Rosario Dawson in that role. And so far, she is killing it. She's amazing in this. Yeah. And I remember seeing her in, um, I think it was Mandalorian season two, episode five. I believe mm -hmm. when she debuted and because, you know, she was the one that kind of told us instead of calling him baby Yoda, his name is actually Gogru. So, you know, she kind of <laughs> led us all into that, that little world of that. And I just remember the way she entered the scene. I was just like, tell me more about this character. Like it was action packed. It was so cool to see her and uh, Pedro Pascal getting along, like just their chemistry on camera and just being two badass people. And just, you know, you always got to give props when it's, a, a woman of color in that kind of role, being able to take that kind of position. 
So yeah, I just think she dominated when she hit Mandalorian. And I was just so glad, like you said, the fans got behind her and were like, let's do this. Let's push this. Let's do a live action version of this because they wanted to see it. Absolutely. And even though we're doing an audio recording of this podcast and you guys can't see me, I am wearing my Ahsoka Mickey ears that I bought at Disney World. (laughs) Hey! So, and they also... I feel some type of way because I bought the ears and then like they had a Ahsoka panel. Uh, well, they, they had a Walt Disney Pictures presentation. Yeah. And they had some clips from Ahsoka. And then at the end of the presentation, they're like, and everybody gets free Ahsoka ears. I was like, really? <laughs> After I just bought them. Um, but I decided, you know what? I'm not even going to return these. I'm just going to have two because that's how big of a fan I am. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take as many ears as possible. Um, is it corny, Jamie? Like, if you take a picture of it and like post it with the episode, no, I mean, because <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm with that, I'm like, I want to see it, like, I want to see what it looks like. Okay, I mean, I, I did post my picture on Facebook, but maybe oh, okay, I'm just it. late, I'm just late then. Okay, I didn't check it out, so you guys probably people listening, well, probably you know, my, my, not everybody follows my Facebook, but if you follow, you guys follow, follow on Jamie Facebook, on Facebook. There you go. If you if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see my picture with the Ahsoka ears and all of that. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's talk about this show because it's amazing. Yep. Uh, along with Rosario rounding out the cast, we have Natasha Lou Bordizzo, who plays Sabine Wren, uh, David Tennant, you know, the great yeah. David Tennant um, as Huyang. And we don't see him, but we hear his incredible voice, Harrison Dula. Um, is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who <laughs> I do want to have a kiki moment about this with Hera <laughs> because <laughs> so I'm in a few Star Wars groups on social media, nice. and um, this one group actually posted these pictures of Hera and her her butt, like her her oh, her, her rear, yeah, and yeah. her butt is she's a little thick, she's a little <laughs> thick, and it. And I was thinking this in the back of my head. I was like, why does Hera have such a big butt? Like, what, what is going on? So That's somebody great. else obviously caught on to that. And uh, the comments were hilarious. And and someone was like, well, you know, that's Ewan McGregor's girl. Because I, I did not know Mary Elizabeth Winstead is married to Ewan McGregor, who Ewan oh, McGregor is Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, okay. Obi Wan and Harrison Dula, uh, real life lovers. Uh, <laughs> the actors that play them are real life um, companions. Um, and then, yeah, we have Ray Stevenson, the great Ray Stevenson, may he rest in peace, as uh, Balin Skull, mm-hmm. Ivana Sanko as Shin Hadi, Hayden Christensen comes back. We love Ooh. Hayden as Anakin, Lars Mickelson, who Lars voiced the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn in the uh, show Rebels. So we're going to talk about him more, but he does a phenomenal performance as Thrawn. And then Diana Lee Inosanto is uh, Morgan Elsbeth, who I I had the pleasure of interviewing at Star Wars Celebration, and she's just so sweet and delightful. She's nothing like the character that she I got nervous for you. When you just said that, I got real nervous for you. So I'm glad she was nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right so 
All right, we got the cast. Phenomenal casting, by the way. Like, do they ever, when it's, I just feel like Dave Filoni just has that, maybe he has that gift or something. I don't know what's in the water over there, but I just feel like the casting is amazing. Dave Filoni, first of all, he's a genius. Um, and he's really nice. I know I'm talking your ear off about Star Wars Celebration, but- No, we want to hear it. Give like, us all the details. Give us the details. It was the it was the geek highlight of my life going out there and getting a chance to, to talk and interview twice, actually, Dave Filoni. And he's just so nice. Like he's, I feel like he's the type of guy, and I know that this is such a cliche thing to say, but seriously, he really is a guy you could sit down and have a beer with. Like I, oh, I genuinely I would like to hang out with him and just geek about all things Star Wars. Um, and yeah, Dave, he directed the first episode and also episode five of Ahsoka and both are brilliant. Both are brilliant episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna give you guys just like a little small plot before we dig into slight key points here. If you, you know, I don't know where you've been hiding, but if you haven't seen any Ahsoka, let me just give you a little quick plot about what's going on. Because you don't really have to have the background. That's what I love about the way they do these series. You don't really have to have all right. the background to kind of come in and dive into them. But anyway, so basically, um, an evil galactic empire has fallen, right? And the new republic has taken its place. And you know, when you have the new republic, like you can't keep the peace for long. Like somebody has to disturb the peace. Like you can't go along with peace too long. So... Basically, the plot of this story is um, former Jedi Ahsoka Tano takes, is captured uh, Morgan and um, because she is an ally of Thawn. So, and the whole thing is about bringing him back. Okay. They want to bring that imperial structure back. They want to get him back. They want to, he's been exiled and they want to kind of, like I said, break up the peace. They want a war. So it opens up, if you guys remember in Mandalorian, that was one of the things she was called in to help because they had Morgan had taken over this village I forgot the name of the village but she was basically like you know just torturing the people in the village it was just the horrible life how they were doing you know all type of scary unnecessariness and that is when um Ahsoka came in badass took over thought they had her locked up but we didn't realize that she had some little allies some cronies hanging out that used to be Jedi's that were going to help her escape so that's kind of where we open up the series of Ahsoka is that Ahsoka is trying to find this map because they want to uncover this plan. She doesn't know exactly what's going on, but she thinks she has Morgan. She thinks she has a step above it. But like I said, there's all these people kind of working against Ahsoka to bring back, to start a war, to bring back um, Imperial Grand or Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn back into power. They want to, um, you know, mix up the game. They want to give Ahsoka a hard time, but she ain't playing that. So it was it was cool to kind of see how, like I said, you can kind of jump in this world. You didn't need a whole bunch of Clone Wars, but if you know about the Clone Wars kind of backstory of it, it kind of gave you a little bit of Easter eggs, I guess, to where they were going to. But yeah, so one of the first scenes that kind of hit me, um, I kind of go into this and I'll let Jamie kind of talk about if she had anything from like the first episode, if she wanted to touch on. But I think... Coming from Mandalorian, being a fan of Mandalorian, one of the things that hit me is that you always got to pop off with a fight scene. Like you really get to see how these characters fit into these roles and, you know, fit into like the the prosthetics, the makeup, you know, everything they have to wear when you get this, the epic fight scene. So I remember, you know, she comes out, we get to see her going to a cave because like I said, she's looking for the secret map because she needs to figure out the plan that's going down as far as Thawne and, you know, where she needs to go next and all that kind of stuff. And she comes out, right? She comes out of the cave and actually she drops into the cave badass with the um, with the lightsabers, but she comes out of the cave and she's surrounded by like five droids. 
And the way this scene plays out, because she has this look on her face, like, you know, very unassuming, like she's just kind of sitting there chilling. But the way she kind of takes out these droids from like hopping in and out of the cave, the way you get the power poses, I just think it was just such a powerful open to kind of have her in because we're used to seeing, you know, Ahsoka have that, you know, the way she moves, the way she uses her weapons, the lightsabers, that is like her big presence like what she's known for and i think rosario dawson absolutely hit it out of the park as like our first kind of big intro to her getting to see her on the screen and her fighting style jamie what did you think about that scene and did you have anything from the first episode you want to touch on yeah i mean i one of the things that i because by the way i wrote a review about the first two episodes <laughs> you know shameless plug go to blackgirlnerds.com and you can read my review about ahsoka uh because they had given us just two episodes for us press. And I went ahead and did my review based on that. And I very boldly, you know, and it, it was a little controversial, but very boldly, I said that so far it's the best series on Disney plus. And I still stand by that now that we're six episodes in it, it is absolutely phenomenal. So going back to episode one, what I liked about it is the story building. There were some people that were a little critical of the first episode saying that it kind of dragged and it was a little slow. And I get that because those are probably fans that are Rebels fans and they're used to the space wars and they're used to the, the fighting sequences that you get in those episodes. Um, but Dave Filoni's narrative style is about building this really complex and uh, he does a great job with world building where if you're patient, it will pay off. And we're now seeing that as we approach uh, the last couple of episodes of this series when the uh, season finale wraps up. But I absolutely loved episode one. I like the fact that, you know, she is searching for something. She's looking for uh the, you know they're on this quest to find this map uh morgan is on this quest to find thrawn sabine is on her quest to look for you know ezra <laughs> so everybody is trying to you know they're on a quest to find something or someone and um it just makes it for a really compelling story and in episode two that's where we really get more of the action sequences that, that i think fans were kind of waiting with bated breath for but yeah it, right out the gate it it was just really impressive storytelling really great performances I even noticed like little idiosyncratic things with uh Sabine Wren's fingernails and like her fingernail polish was all chipped off and stuff and she's got like this rebellious kind of attitude and it it's it parallels very much with her you know, personality that we see in Rebels and stuff. So I just kind of like the little details that they added to with each of these characters, bringing them in to the first episode. And and like you said, Ryan, you, you definitely do not have to see Clone Wars or Rebels, which mostly it's Rebels that I would say that this series is based on. I don't think you would need to see Rebels in order to get this show, mm -hmm. but for fans that have watched it, uh, I think that they're appreciative of seeing very much the similar parallels between these characters. And then like little references that you hear um, being said by some of the characters in latter episodes. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I I love like I want to get into Sabine and Ahsoka here. Um, love had like the the relationship um, Rosario and Natasha must have like off camera because you could just feel it. You know, being able to see them take up space together and both be stubborn or you know both not you know think about like you know is this the kind of do I really want to go into the Jedi Order and Sabine you know actually being um Mandalorian and you know just how do they balance these two strong independent women that are very headstrong how does one become like the master and one is the apprentice so I love that that kind of aspect that they kind of take us through from the very beginning of the show because obviously Sabine is called in because she can read the map you know she has different skills than Ahsoka so they have to start learning how to count on each other how to trust one another you know, how to read each other, how to form that bond, that bond where, you know, Sabine might need to take a back seat. Ahsoka might need to open up a little more. And so you get to kind of see this, um, this tug of war between them. And Jamie mentioned the nails. I also like Sabine's haircut when she goes up, like yes. the haircut was fresh and nice. I was like, oh, okay. When she ready to put on like the Mandalorian garb and you know, like I've been talking about it a lot. You know, I'm a sucker for Mandalorian. So I love when she put on the armor and the suit and she was ready to go. So, and she was like, I'm in. And Ahsoka's like, okay, it's about time. I just love the way they like, you know, my paraphrasing, but I just love the way they always kind of go back and forth with each other and that bond that they had. Jamie, what did you feel like, or what are some of your favorite moments of Sabine and Ahsoka so far? There, I mean, there's so many. I, I like the fact that at the very beginning, it's set up where there's there's been some contention between the two of them that there there's this history because right off the bat they're not like buddy buddy cool like you can tell that these two have been apart from each other for some time that there's still some loose ends that need to be tied up with uh communication issues and and their relationship so there's there's a lot of subtext that they give us in those episodes that you can tell that okay there's a lot of repairing that needs to be done in this relationship between the two of them. But then throughout the episode, you start to see the growth happen in their relationship and that the trust starts to form once again. And I, I really liked how that blossoms throughout. So both Rosario and Natasha are absolutely incredible as these characters. And I, I really love Natasha's character as Sabine. I think Sabine is one of the most, you know, fully formed, complex, and we're going to talk about uh, the later episodes, but um, going into the earlier part of Ahsoka, she's set up so far as like the more complex character of this ensemble cast that I see stand out Um so far so yeah and I kind of want to take Jamie if you want to I want to kind of take you a little bit deeper on that because we're kind of getting into it a little bit because um I told you guys we're going to bounce around here so we're not giving you everything so go back to Disney plus watch those six episodes if you want all the details really dive in but Sabine makes a huge decision and I want to kind of know Jamie I, I want to get your thoughts on do you think she should have destroyed the map Yeah, I mean, it was for selfish reasons, right? Like, she's got tunnel vision at this yeah. point. And yeah. you could look at it from two ways. You could look at it from, no, she shouldn't have done that. She should be thinking about the bigger picture here. 
and uh, being loyal to Ahsoka at this point mm-hmm. or focusing on what your your agenda is, which is trying to find Ezra. And at, at the end of the day, and for people that haven't seen Rebels, you know, you're probably wondering why is she so focused on Ezra? What? Right. Why is she so loyal to this to this person? But you know, we'll we'll find out later on as the story develops. But you can understand from that perspective. Well, she did this for for him, you know, and that that's the reason why she destroyed the map. It wasn't that she was being rebellious or you know or siding with the with the the villains in this she at the end of the day wants to save her friend who is a very close companion someone who means a lot to her and um you know she, there's only one thread of hope left for her in this universe and that's finding her friend Ezra Bridger yeah and so that, I, and I can understand why right you know I have a little bit more empathy and why she she made that decision yeah and the and I'm just gonna add a little bit to the the problem here is I guess some people might get to see I didn't really get to see what everybody's reaction to it was but the issue is so her and Ahsoka had a conversation where Ahsoka was like if it comes down to it basically if we we need to destroy this map just to make sure this plan is not, you know, in any way getting to thine. Like, no matter what happens, if we can't defeat these former Jedi, you know, these people that are allied to Thon, we need to destroy this map. We can't let it go. But as Jamie is saying, Sabine has this connection that we're getting like little crumbs to what the connection is all about if you haven't seen Rebels. Like, if you're just coming fresh into the show right. and getting these little crumbs and you're right. like, what? Why? Like, what is her? What is her with her and Israel? Like, you can tell us something deep. Because she can't let it go. Like, even as she's telling Ahsoka something else, you know, Ahsoka's like, okay, I'm giving her this chance. I believe her. And Ahsoka, you see how genuinely tied Ahsoka is to Sabine. And that even throws Ahsoka off a little bit with this fight that they're dealing with, you know, as far as, you know, getting to the point where they want to get to this map and, you know, figure out if they're going to destroy. This is basically the crux of, like, is Stan coming back or not when we get to this episode? Thrawn, why did I, I'm over here giving a different name. Is Thrawn coming back or not? Is Mm -hmm. in this point of the episode. And so it's basically trying to get to, you know, what decision are we going to make here? And if you take it on one side, it kind of looks like Sabine is siding with with Balin as like, okay, I want to see Ezra, so I'm not going to destroy this map. Like, I promised Ahsoka I would because I need to find Ezra. That's what it's looking like to the audience in some way. Like you could take either way. Yeah, Jamie explained yeah. it away the way too. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, it, it it does. It for let's assume that viewers have not seen Rebels and they have no idea who this Ezra person is. Mm-hmm. It automatically you would assume, well, she must be, you know, having some sort of empathy or she she's siding with the the wrong folks (laughs) so it's like okay well what why why is she so vulnerable to Balin and Shin in this moment and not standing up on her own and why is she deciding to destroy the map um and agree to his terms so yeah for for anybody that doesn't know that that would be questionable and then you you question okay what is her loyalty to Ahsoka like or, you know, is she some sort of double agent? So I'm sure people would have questions about Sabine's intentions, uh, not knowing the deep, deeper connection that she has with Ezra. 
But um, but if you do know about that history, then you can sympathize and understand why she did what she did. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I, I thought it was so well played, too, between the both of them. Um, and I love the moments in this in this fight scene that we have with um, with Balin and Shin. Um, and, you know, Shin has always had has got this thing going back and forth with Sabine. I think that's going to be an interesting fight. Like they've already had a couple of cool fights up until this point. But I think when they really come head to head, it's going to be interesting because they keep shooting each other these looks. Like if you look throughout the series, they keep shooting each other these looks like, you know, that's your rival on the other side. That's your equal, right? So it's like, you got to take her down. So it's like they keep shooting each other these looks. So I can't wait to see what that kind of head-to-head combat looks. But Ahsoka and Balin, I'm going to say, this is just me. I'm going to say Balin got lucky because Ahsoka thought something had happened to Sabine is why she ended up getting pushed over the ledge. So I'm thinking dude would have got would have been gone. That's just my opinion, though, because I'm a big Ahsoka fan. So I'm thinking he would have been out <laughs> if it hadn't have been for, you know, her heart being pulled by. She didn't see Sabine come around. So she was like, what's where is she at? Like, what what did you do? What's going on? So, you know, that took away a lot of like that really distracted her because we know Ahsoka's always going to, you know, she's always even though she's got this this tough exterior, she's this amazing fighter. She's this Jedi she this her heart always you can always read her heart and it pulls on her and you're like she's she thought sabine was gone and it was it was over but yeah i think my boy Balin would have been done i'm you know i'm just saying if she so hadn't got I, distracted yeah no i i agree with you i i just want to add that ray stevenson uh is absolutely phenomenal as Balin yeah, skull yeah. and he is so i mentioned before how Sabine is like the most complex character at the beginning episodes. As right. of right now, as of this recording, Balin's skull is the most complex character in this series because we don't quite know what his intentions are. And him being a former Jedi, we, at least I'll speak for myself and say, I would like to think that eventually he is going to go towards the the right side of the force and right. and side with ahsoka and and side with the rest of the jedi and his intentions here and and no longer work for morgan as a mercenary um and i i kind of like how he even looks conflicted at times uh and then his apprentice shin i feel like there's going to be a rift between these two I, I, I don't think that she's going to stay loyal to him um, as her master. I, I think eventually when this is this is just my theory, when Balin decides that he's no longer wanting to be a mercenary uh, for Morgan, Shin is going to be like, nah, dude, <laughs> you, you, you might you might have been about that Jedi life at one point, but I don't I don't like Ahsoka. I don't like Sabine. I don't like what they stand for. I'm I'm staying with Thrawn and the rest of his crew and we're going to do damage to these folks. So that's my theory is that there's going to be like a rift between the two of them and he's going to go in one direction and she's going to go into an opposite direction. But either way, however it plays out, I just love the complexity of each of their characters because we just quite don't know, you know, what his intentions are or really what her intentions are. Who knows? Maybe maybe she will, you know, side with the Jedi. I, I don't know, but I don't I don't know. Shin, Shin seems like she's just like ruthless to me. Yeah, yeah, she's ready to go. Like she plays no games. If she has a mission she's trying to go on, she doesn't like that. 
she doesn't look like she likes to be defeated to me. So it's either you take care of her or she's just always going to be trying to hunt you down. But yeah, I think you I think you said it perfectly, um, Jamie, as far as uh, Balin and the way Ray Stevenson played this character is so complex. And you can definitely see that, like, you know, um, wondering in his face a little bit sometimes where he's like, are we like she working doing a whole bunch right now? Like, is this right? Am I still on the right path? And I remember one time he's like, you know, he's thinking about the fact of Ahsoka coming after them and he knows like what she's all about and what she stands for. And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's a shame because she's one of the few Jedi left. So, you know, just that kind of doubt that's creeping in, as Jamie said, it's going to be really interesting to see if that theory pans out that he turns and he's like, okay, I didn't have it up to here. Enough is enough. I can't really go along with this plan anymore. I got to do something. So it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be interesting as they finish out this these like last two episodes how that goes. Exactly. So episode seven is going to be directed by Greta Van Sant Patel. I think she also did some episodes of House of the Dragon, um, and then episode eight, the season finale, is directed by Rick. I can never say his name. Fam Famia. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Famawea. I think that's close. Yeah, I think Famawea. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to him. He's really nice. Uh, but he's he's directed several episodes of The Mandalorian. Yes, I love um, this executive guy. Producer. Yeah. Yeah. He directed Dope. This movie about mm. black nerds. So he is absolutely like a huge Star Wars fan and geek, and and I definitely look forward to Rick's episode. I mean, it's 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 the big one. <laughs> I know. Uh, Can you imagine being in the room with him though? I just to be able to see, you know, like hear him talk about going through these different universes and being immersed in the Star Wars world, being a black man going through this, black director going through this. Be interesting. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I, I had a chance to talk to him at Star Wars Celebration. You've been by the way, me, Jamie. By by the way, he says he's a fan of black girl nerds. So thank you, Rick, for 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 that shout out. Uh, you, by the way, you can catch all this stuff on our YouTube channel. I, I posted all the interviews of uh, the folks that we chatted with there. But yeah, he he is so cool and such a huge fan of the Star Wars universe. So it it was fun to to geek out with him over talking about these episodes. I mean, at the time when I did the interview, they really couldn't say much. <laughs> I mean, at that time, Ahsoka didn't even have a release date. So there was, a, I remember my interview with Ray Stevenson and he even wouldn't tell me whether or not Balin was on the you know, light side of the force or the dark side of the force. Because in the little, Ooh. they had like, you know, little footage that they had presented yeah. and it looked like his lightsaber was red, but it was orange. Apparently I thought it was yeah. red. So I assumed he, you know, was a Sith or something. And um, he wouldn't answer that question. But now we know, <laughs> you know, he's he he's kind of playing both sides. He, he he was right in saying, well, you know, you you gotta find out. You know, he 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 really is playing both sides of the of sort of the 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 Jedi Sith dark side, light side of the force sort of uh card. Um but yeah, well, we'll see how that all plays out. I just, I absolutely love his character. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So 
I don't know. I'm I'm ex- I can't wait, you guys. It's, I don't feel like we have enough episodes. Like I want some more. I don't because I know it's gonna be a good. I know it's gonna be an awesome cliffhanger. So I want like more Ahsoka, but you know it's the budget. You know what I mean? Like you know it's the Disney budget. Yeah. I episodes. mean, what did you think about what did you think about this last week's episode? Because for me, it's my favorite episode of the series so far. Oh yeah, Andrew, and- this episode is amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, and we don't get a lot of Ahsoka in this one, but uh, I just absolutely loved the introduction of General Thrawn. Now I'm saying Thrawn. (laughs) I I messed Um, her up, you guys. I messed her up. I did it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, of of the the big bad, because I was waiting since the first episode. I'm like, when are we getting Thrawn? When are we getting... And then he comes in, and I mean... Lars Mickelson did not disappoint. He did not disappoint. And I was I was only a little concerned because it's one thing being in a recording booth and saying a few lines or whatever and emoting a character that way. It's completely different when you're doing it in live action form. And yeah. he looks just as intimidating. He sounds just as intimidating. I mean, so far he seems like he's the scariest Star Wars villain that I've seen in these Disney plus shows. Like he is frightening. And yeah. the, and the fact that he, he was like, um, yeah. And I don't think Balin should be trusted. So you're going to have to eventually get rid of him. And shit. <laughs> like not only all my people. Of, yeah. Not only get rid of uh, Sabine and Ezra, yeah. cause you know, obviously he wants to get rid of them. But he's right. like, yeah, also get rid of the mercenaries that's on a mission to kill them too. Like that is <laughs> so gangster. Yeah, so it gangster. is. Yeah. Yeah. Thrawn, let me say it right. Yeah, he's he's pretty scary. This guy is, you know, the blue is not the only thing that's just gonna pop off the camera. It's just like the expressionlessness in the eyes, where it's just like he's just ready for war. The everything, every decision he makes is like it feels like he's 10 steps ahead. He wants no loose strings. As Jamie said, the whole team got to go. The whole team of mercenaries, like he ain't for this. If it's not a, if it's not for his plan, if it's not mapped out, he's like, nah, bro, you got to go. Like if, if it's, if he sees like even a hint that it's trying to derail him, trying to get back to this war and getting what they need to get done. He's like, he's telling, telling Morgan, he's like, y'all need to do something. You need to get this, you get this fixed real quick. Like I remember when he, you know, like Morgan's like, well, they told me Ahsoka was dead. She had to be dead. And he's like, yeah, okay. So you acting like the Jedi don't have these amazing powers or they can't come back. Like you guys, you know, like the witches that they didn't kind of come up with this stuff. And he's like, yeah, you, you need to put that hunt out. Make sure she doesn't get anywhere near what I got going on. But it's just the fact that he's just always thinking because some villains, they sleep on that kind of stuff. And then the person end up popping up at their door. So it's just interesting that he's just like, nah, all the loose ends, I want it tied up, I want it tight. So yeah, these last two episodes, this is about to be crazy. It's about to be crazy. And also in this last episode, everybody was going crazy over Captain Enoch. So Captain Enoch is General Thrawn's guard. Uh, Wes Chatham actually is playing the the role of Enoch. Um, And Wes Chatham is pretty well known in like the sci-fi universe of fans he's been on the expanse and um and other different shows but um enoch is part of the night troopers so 
the the mask, the headgear that Captain Enoch wears is scary looking. Yep. <laughs> it's frightening. So just that alone got like people going bonkers. And of course, you're going to see a whole bunch of Enochs at, you know, your next Comic Con, at your next <laughs> convention, cosplaying. I'm sure as Halloween approaches, people are going to be dressed as Captain Enoch because he he is such a badass looking villain in this. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. He's he's awesome. And just seeing people on social media going crazy over his appearance was awesome. Yeah, and the Night Sisters, that coven of witches, they were scary. The yeah. whole, like, you know, Dathomir, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, the whole planet that they're on, like, everything was just giving, like, you fighting for your life. Like, it was giving very creepy, very, you know, like, you gotta have, you gotta be on guard 24-7. So they did a nice, like, they, this episode six, they did a nice job with that. Like, the way they played everything out. They they really, really did. Um, and then we get to meet Ezra Bridger for the first time. So like this, I mean, I guess technically the, the what is it called? Penultimate. The penultimate mm-hmm. episode is supposed to be next week. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's this week because we we meet Thrawn for the first time. Right. And then we get to see and meet Ezra and he's alive and well. Thank goodness. And he's been chilling with some turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those turtles were amazing they were amazing i forgot what they're called but um i know that there's a special name for them but they they were so cute and leave it to ezra to be living for 10 years in peacetime with a bunch of turtles <laughs> um i i just thought it was it was really cool uh to see him and the actor which i, I should have got looked up his name um but the actor that plays Ezra Bridger, if you have watched Rebels or if you ever decide to watch Re- Rebels, he looks exactly like Ezra's father, Ephraim Bridger. The the animated character Ephraim and the actor who plays Ezra look exactly alike. It makes me wonder if they like, when they were doing the casting call, they were trying to look for someone that looked a lot like Ezra's father. Um Either way, yeah, it, I thought it was pretty, yeah, I thought it was pretty uncanny uh, to see that. But yeah, I, I I loved, I loved seeing Ezra just chilling. And, and I liked Howler, the dog, the space dog. <laughs> he was so adorable. Like Sabine getting a little attitude saying, you know, you're a coward. You didn't look after me. And he's all like, with his tail between his legs, putting his head down and, you know, feeling all downtrodden and sad about being, I guess, yelled at, barked at by Sabine. But I just thought Howler was absolutely adorable. And um, I, I, I love the animals on, like the space creatures on this show. Also, um, Sabine's cat. Sabine's cat is adorable too. I know. I, which, that was by the way, cute. where is the cat? Oh, that's a good point. They definitely left the cat at like, is it getting food? They definitely left it at the door. I thought Ahsoka was yeah. going to pick it up or something. But yeah, they just yeah. left it there. I was like, so maybe they don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Like, is anybody know. taking care of the cat? We 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 need answers on that. Hopefully there's a follow-up episode that lets us know what the cat's been doing, you know, the whole time there. 
Yeah, I don't know. But, he could have hung out with like you can he could have hung out like on the 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 uh spacecraft. So I don't know. I just feel like they just can't just leave the poor little cat there. That's crazy. Let's see, maybe he's got good survival skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. I think the cat will probably be good on its own, but still I still want to check in, check in on my animals. I think uh Hu Yang should uh take up some I think he's not really doing anything right now. Like is he that busy? I feel like he could go find a cat and take care of the cat a little bit, like bring him back on the journey. People, fans, by the way, were going crazy over Hu Yang's um, story that he was telling to Ahsoka and when he started saying, in a galaxy far, far away, because <laughs> it's like, that's the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, it, right moment. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm i like, I could definitely listen to some Hawaiian stories. Like, just tell me a bedtime story because David Tennant's voice is very relaxing, very soothing. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear one of his stories. I also but, like how he checked uh, Sabine a couple of times. He's like, mm, I don't really see you being a Jedi, but you could be doing something <laughs> else. Like you sitting here, you sitting here wasting your time, you know, wasting your own time. Like you could be out here fighting, helping out. And he was like, they never listen to me when I tell them to stay together. So I thought it was so, I just love his role in between kind of trying to, you know, bring them together and kind of balance it out. I think it's so cool. That is so cool. Speaking of of Jedi's, I saw this post on Twitter about the rank, the power level rankings Ooh. of Jedi masters. Yeah. And um, so this is what one fan, and this is not scientific at all. <laughs> and this is not like factually correct. This has been posted by a fan, but uh, the ranking was number six was Obi-Wan, five mm-hmm. Ezra, four ahsoka three luke luke skywalker two anakin and one yoda interesting interesting now i i agree with this list with the exception of obi-wan being ranked below at number six because didn't yeah that seemed a little low yeah yeah didn't he train luke that's what i always thought yeah yeah (laughs) Wouldn't he be up? Unless we're missing some of the Star uh, Wars. Yeah, unless we're missing a story or something. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. He's ranked last on this from one to six list. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was kind of odd, but yeah, I, I thought that was interesting to see who ranks um on the, the power level ranking. Yeah, um, I think so yeah, we want a little bit, but other than that, yeah, I'm 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 with them. Yeah, with y'all y'all gonna have to move. You know, wants <laughs> kind of the OG of the Jedi's, y'all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> put a little respect on his name. Come on now, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we have to we have to we have to redo our ranking. You know, maybe we'll do a little BGN ranking and move him up a little bit or something. Yes, <laughs> feel free to feel free to tweet us at BGM Podcast and oh yeah. Who do you think should be ranked, you know, number one or number two? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think definitely Yoda is right, definitely right. number one. Um, but yeah, Obi-Wan last? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> while we're on this trail, though, speaking of, uh, well, you know, former Jedi and the like, and, you know, going to the dark side. Uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Anakin Skywalker came back in this one. And everybody really yeah. lost it. And apparently, yeah. of course, you have to follow the Ahsoka official page on IG, which I maybe I don't know. I could be the only one following. I'm not sure. 
but <laughs> I saw when they posted, apparently they posted the spoiler of him coming back. Like they posted a poster before the episode dropped. So everybody was like, well, dang, they just go spoil the whole episode for us. So everybody, some some people kind of got like, if you were really following a close to it, you kind of got the spoiler before you got to watch it on Disney Plus. But yeah, Anakin and Ahsoka back together after all that Anakin's been through. He's coming back and he's like, look, I got one more lesson. And only he can have the lesson of whether you're going to live or die. And I thought that was just so, that was, you know, apart from episode six and kind of where we're going now as far as character development i thought that was such an important and amazing episode for them to take us back like that you know to give a little bit of that throwback to the you know what we know about anakin his kind of his evolution what we know about them as far as clone wars him and ahsoka he said snip a lot or snips and so i just thought it was so cute for them to take us back a little bit and kind of show us that you know sometimes the master doesn't know everything and to kind of get them to see you know Ahsoka she all grown up now I remember he makes a joke talking about she looks old now and all that kind of stuff and she's learned a lot you know like she's had a lot of years to grow and kind of figure out who she is and she has to make this choice despite what she's learned from him so I think that was such a cool interesting episode and you know a lot of life lessons that they try to throw in amongst all the flash and the lightsabers and everything that I thought was really cool Jamie, did you what did you appreciate that episode? Were you shocked? Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't shocked. We I they've been talking about Anakin um making an appearance uh because he's her master, so he kind of has to. And right. we we and Hayden Christensen has uh slowly, you know, re- emerged himself back into the Star Wars universe with even his appearance in Obi-Wan and him going to Star Wars celebration events and different fan events and conventions. So it's, uh, you know, it, 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 I would have been shocked if Hayden did not make an appearance on Ahsoka, to be honest, but I, even the same, I still absolutely loved seeing that moment where she first sees him. Uh, you mentioned the nickname snips that he, gives uh ahsoka that that's a great moment for rebels fans because snips is where we first heard that term which you know snips comes from her having this kind of snippy attitude with him and so that's how he (laughs) named her that um and she had a nickname for him too sky guy so uh (laughs) i i i love the fact that we we got to hear that and um yeah i i think i saw some posts on twitter of people being critical about this being another dimension and that there's like another multiverse or whatever that they're trying to develop with the story uh, with bringing Anakin in into Ahsoka's life with this appearance by Hayden Christensen. I It didn't bother me that she was in another dimension. Um, I feel like now that Marvel has really worn out the multiverse storyline anything that's got to do with multiple dimensions of different time frames and you know different um i guess timelines in the story uh, people are kind of wary of because marvel is pretty much beat a dead horse on it so i did see that criticism from fans but it didn't bother me that this was like i guess a multiverse moment between Anakin and and Ahsoka how how else are you going to have them together in the same space so yeah yeah I mean, what did you think, think that, about that 
Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think that being a different world, because you had to find, like you said, you have to find somewhere for them to meet. And obviously she's in the ocean, so you're not just going to have, and you know, the storyline of Anakin, he's not just going to pop up in the middle of the ocean with her. Like, you got to figure out, you got to make it like, you know, kind of meet in the middle of the story. And, yeah. you know, have I, mean, I love the throwbacks. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, because, because at this point, at this stage of her life, Anakin is no longer Anakin. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of another way that they would have them together in the same space. Ahsoka being the being the adult that she is yep. without having a sort of multiverse third dimension storyline added. I mean, we did get to see the moment with uh, Ahsoka as a kid uh, played by Ariana Greenblatt, um, our, our young Ahsoka. And seeing that interaction, because that's when ultimately her and Anakin were together as a uh, master and apprentice. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we, we got to see those moments, which, by the way, because Dave Filoni directed that episode, that was episode five. That was so brilliant. The way the um, the battle scenes were shot and that shot of anakin walking off in the distance and then you see a silhouette of darth vader kind of uh sort of yeah 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 kind of like saying okay this is this is the last time that ahsoka is going to see anakin as anakin and and he's no more after that he's he's now moved on well we we know what happened watch revenge of the sith you, we know what happens yeah to we know what happened yeah but yeah um, yeah and I, I love that moment too yeah that was really good i also think it is it was kind of that choice too right uh where you kind of step away from your master in a sense you like mm, i don't i don't really like that lesson you just taught me I'm, I'm pulling something else out of that lesson like the way you know the way i'm feeling about the situation i want something different and it's to kind of be able to see that, you know, you know, well, they both really learned a lot from each other. Anakin taught her a lot, but at the same time, she had to know when it was like, okay, this is what I want for myself. This is a decision I'm going to make. This is the kind of person I want to be, the kind of master I want to be in the future. You know, what my legacy in a sense, you know, that I want to be. So I thought that was, like you said, that was a beautiful moment how they did that. Um, because I think that was one of the moments that kind of shocked me in it. Because I wasn't, even though we know what happens to the story, but to be able to see them kind of fold that into the episode so seamlessly without having to, you know, like drag it on or anything like that was was very interesting to kind of get to see her like decision and what he did. And I love, like you said, the battles between the both of them, the actual with the with the lightsabers and, you know, her being able to one up him at the end. And it's like, oh, OK, well, you know, I can still learn a little something from you or maybe you have learned a little bit more that I taught you. And I thought that was a real cute moment you know, for them to kind of share before it was the kind of the end of it or, you know, whatever, however they want to take this. But yeah, I don't think we got the multiverse to worry about. People have kind of beaten that dead horse. I hope we don't, I hope they don't go too complex with it because it could get a little bit hairy when it's yeah, like, okay, I, like I want to bring only, back this person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they only did that so we could have that scene between the adult Ahsoka and Anakin, a young Anakin. Yeah, because otherwise it wouldn't work, right? If it was in real time, so you had right. to create something where time shifts, or you're in another dimension, or what have you, in order for them to have that exchange, that moment. So I don't think that they're going to do anything else with that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's also why they 
created that moment with young Ahsoka where he goes off into the distance and he we see him as Darth Vader and that's like the last time she sees him so yeah I I, I think I think that's going to be it you know calm down people you know don't get in your feelings <laughs> about that yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think the people, I think only Mar. I think DC does a little bit too, but I think only Marvel and DC are having too much fun with the multiverse. I don't think anybody else is going to try, because it's a lot of work. When you start messing with multiverse, that stuff gets real complicated. It gets complicated, and I mean, I get why there's criticism there, because it is a lazy form of writing. It's like, it's a way to bring in old characters, right? you know, and, and to resurrect characters characters that have died and bring them back and so it it is you know a, a really lazy way of playing off of the nostalgia of uh making a franchise of keeping that going but i i don't think that that was the intention with this episode at all and dave filoni is way smarter than that so exactly yeah uh, he knows what he's doing yeah he's been he knows traveling. what he's doing yeah been traveling yeah. he's been he's been kind of um going along you can kind of see he's been really studying this you know he knows his character he knows what he wants to do so i don't think he would take us off any kind of cliffs you know to kind of have us like you know trying to wonder trying to figure out where he's going so he has a good plan that he's gonna stick to um so okay so going into episode seven episode eight we are seeing ahsoka she's traveling on a star wheel which these things are amazing by the way when they show these, um, you know, how she's kind of traveling, that's the only way that she can kind of um, do intergalactic travel, you know, the, have enough power to be able to to travel to where they are, to where um, Thrawn is, Balin, Shin, um, Sabine, you know, the whole gang. So everybody's now, you know, wrapped up in Thrawn's plan. You know, Ahsoka kind of knows what's going on. She just knows she needs to find Sabine. She was able to sense, okay, something's not right. I, I kind of know where she went, so I need to get to her. So we're kind of left on that little bit of a cliffhanger and trying to figure out, you know, when they finally meet each other. Because like Jamie said, in this episode six, we don't get a lot of Ahsoka. We just kind of know she's traveling along and we don't really, so it's going to come down to, you know, what's that first interaction when she sees Sabine, when she sees Ezra. You know, it's a lot of question marks there. And when she sees Thrawn is on his merry way back and has a plan, you know, like, so we get to see all of that kind of unfold in, the next, in these next two episodes. And I'm excited. I can't, I know like episode eight is going to blow out of the water. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit nervous too, to see what they're going to come up with, but I'm excited because I'm hoping it leads to like, I don't know if it's supposed to be another season. I don't know what they have planned in Star Wars, but I'm hoping we get more of it. But yeah, Jamie, what are your like last thoughts coming into these last two episodes? Yeah, I'm curious to know about Ezra. Like, what what is going to be the next steps for him? Because he's been in exile for, I think it's been about a decade now. He's been in exile for a long time. And, you know, he's been living among the turtles. <laughs> he's been <laughs> living a very peaceful life. So I wonder, does he want to fight? Is he ready for war? You know, when that, it, when that's something that could be a th obviously it's a looming threat over him he doesn't know it but that that is something that is ultimately going to be happening so is he ready to fight um when that i i don't know for lack of a better of a term i guess opportunity comes um because he's been kind of just chilling and living this peaceful life for so long like yeah. I, i'm curious to know if they're going to show any shots of him 
training or, you know, cause yeah, yeah. He, he he's kind of been out of it for a minute. So that right. that's sort of the, the thoughts that I have. Um, and then of course, I'm curious about Balin and Shen and uh, where do they stand? Are, are, is that rift going to happen between the two of them? Is Shin going to stay loyal to Balin? Is Balin going to side with Ahsoka and end up helping her against Thrawn and, and Morgan as they try to capture them? Um, and the night troopers and all of them, um, or is he going to do as he's told and then end up getting annihilated in the process per Thrawn's orders? So yeah, I, I'm curious to see the relationship between uh, Balin and Shen and how that's going to pan out. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And like you said too, um, you know, with Ezra, Sabine is keeping a lot from him. I'm hoping this is like a walk and talk sort of thing. You know, like right now she was kind of helping him pack up, you know, or helping him and the turtles. The turtles, like apparently they move on certain, you know, they have to migrate or move certain places. So they were just helping him pack up. And Sabine was like, I just want to enjoy this moment right now. And I was kind of thinking, we ain't really got that kind of time. Like, I mean, I know you missed them and everything, but you might want to let him know what's kind of going on. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see when all of that hits, like Jamie said, you know, what's going to be his reaction you know, to being able to kind of hide and think, you know, everything is kind of hunky-dory right now because she hasn't really told him anything. So it's going to be real right. interesting to kind of see how that goes. So, yeah, I'm, right. I'm excited. I hope we get I hope we get more. I don't, like I said, I don't know what they're going to do. I just love Rosario Dawson in this, love her, period. <laughs> so I That's hope great. she, yeah, I just, the way she, you know, like with the orange makeup and putting like everything just fits. Like Jamie the said, makeup everything is just so fits. flawless. The yeah, it just fits so, so well. Flawless. Yeah, yeah. So how do you rate Ahsoka compared to other Star Wars shows? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I am struggling to rate it. Well, okay. If we're talking like season one of Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe season one and season two, because they were still kind of, I feel like for me, they were still kicking it at season two. I kind of put them neck and neck because it's hard for me to choose because I can't, I can't like, I can't go away from Gogru because it's my boy. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like Ahsoka. I can't really put one above the other. I have to keep them matched, like matched up. But you know, the rest okay. of the season, I will say the you know, like third, like as we're going with the Mandalorian, I don't know if they're done now. The way they kind of ended, I don't know if they're kind of done with it. It's kind of like it's running its course now. You know, as far as like you don't really know where to take it now. They kind of explored like the tribes of the Mandalorian, everything. Like where are they really gonna go right now? So. You know, in that case, I would be like Ahsoka, but right now they neck and neck. I can't really, I feel bad. I can't really pick the Mando, the Mando over the Jedi right now. I'm kind of struggling with picking. No, with there's me. nothing wrong with, I mean, the, the first <laughs> season of The Mandalorian blew me away and the second yeah. season just as powerful. Um, the third season kind of fell off a little bit for me. Uh, right that's but, what i'm saying like i don't really know where they're gonna go you know what i mean like where are you gonna yeah. go next like i love you know shout out to pedro but i'm like dude where are we going like you know what are we gonna do next if they keep this going like yeah you know, what are they gonna talk and about and also and i saw a really great um there's a great youtuber his name is um friendly space ninja mm -hmm. i love his content but he actually did a really great video about the mandalorian and like the reason why 
it's kind of fallen off. And it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, they're, and I love Grogu. Like, I know that's your boy and he, he's my boy too, but like Grogu didn't need to be in this last season. And I, I agree because he felt like he was just there as decor. He was just there as like a set piece. They really didn't have Grogu doing yeah. anything. Yeah. And I think that's because, um, cause you know, at the end of season two, Luke takes him and then he finds a way to escape from Luke. And it's like, it's okay for a story to end. And that's what Friendly Space Ninja was talking about in his video is that like Star Wars probably didn't expect that Grogu was going to be this huge popular character like overnight. And they're like, we need to milk this. So after that season two, which technically that should have ended Grogu's story, they still found a way to insert him into season three because they know the fans are really clamoring for this character even though uh narrative and storytelling wise it didn't make sense uh and and then he talks about like darth maul and how his character has like lived and died so many times throughout different <laughs> star wars properties it's like let this character just die and move on it is okay for a story to end so um yeah if you if you guys are listening go check out friendly space ninja subscribe to his content because it's great but th that video on the mandalorian was such an interesting um perspective of how star wars has sort of this nostalgia problem and even how they like to bring in these older characters. And I'm speaking of specifically the Mandalorian to get people, you know, I guess engaged and interested in the series. And I think the Mandalorian had like a 90% drop off in ratings. Um, yeah, it was, it's crazy. They, they had a huge drop off of people watching the series because yeah I remember I guess, hearing that yeah yeah just because narrative wise a lot of the, the the writing and the decisions being made just didn't make any sense um so not to you know lean in too hard into the Mandalorian but my hope is that Ahsoka doesn't ever get in that direction because yeah. one of the things that's cool about Ahsoka is we have the actual guy that created Ahsoka <laughs> that's behind yep. the the running and the direction and the writing of this series. So I, I, I have a lot of confidence that he's not going to let it, you know, get in the way and, and let it get too crazy, like politically behind the scenes with, Oh, well, we need to insert these characters because this is what's going to sell us merchandise or, you know, whatever. Um, but I mean, for me so far, I actually like, I like Mandalorian season one. It was a very powerful season, um, mm -hmm. but I, I would say it ranks equal uh, to, no, nah, I can't even say that. I, I like Ahsoka better. <laughs> <laughs> I really I like, do. I, like that, I, think, <laughs> I know. I think what, what I loved about Mandalorian is just seeing yeah. all these new characters i love yeah. pedro Pascal. Yeah. i love grogu i just love seeing um all of these new characters kind of being brought into this universe um ahsoka maybe because you know I, I i loved what the animated shows brought to us i just love these 
these women in these dynamic, powerful roles. And it's just such a compelling story so far, you know, between trying to find, trying to find Ezra, trying to find General Thrawn, the destroying of the map, who, who, who's aligned with who, you know, what loyalties will be broken? You know, what are the motivations of some of these characters, which we quite haven't figured them out just yet. Like everybody is, so complex and so three-dimensional. Um, I I absolutely love it. And the action is really well done also. And uh, yeah, it just keeps me engaged from beginning to end. So that that's how I feel about Ahsoka. Yeah, um, I, one I, I would, question. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add on. So I, I would agree, like as much as I love The Mandalorian, I think what happened, um, and I have to go check out... Um, the the video you just recommended too because i'm very curious about that because yeah something did seriously shift in the third season but you know i think one of the things too that ahsoka has gone for like you just said there's so many different angles they can take with these powerful independent women with these worlds mm-hmm. they set up that you know whether you have a background in it or not you're curious to know about you know the night sisters thrawn you know if you're not familiar with this world open it you can open it up in so many different directions whereas mandalorian you know gogru he held strong he was like i'm about to take right. you know you got the mandalorian you got gogru it's like i'm about to take these two seasons and you know it worked. you know it's selling merchandise it worked for the for the first couple seasons but you know to keep this series going let's think about the series right you have to get these characters more complex you have to get us invested in more than just the two because we have to keep the, the series going you have to take us somewhere else because we love looking at Gogru, but it's like you can't you know he can't just do like a little bit of powers he's still like a kid so you know he's got some growing to do so you got to give us somebody else to focus on you know so it's kind of hard yeah you you nailed something the difference between mandalorian and ahsoka is the mandalorian is very centered on um Din Djarin's character yeah. and Grogu and their relationship, the, this sort of father-son relationship. And that arc technically ended after season two. It, mm-hmm. it it really did. And then they went into this weird story arc with, you know, um, oh gosh, what is the name of the character that uh ends up becoming the leader of the Mandalore? I forgot her name um but they 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 went into this really weird story arc uh with uh, these other characters and it's just Bo-Katan no it's not Bo-Katan oh Bo-Katan thank you it isn't okay okay yeah so I mean like that whole storyline was just kind of weird and Mm. Friendly Space Ninja again giving him credit he even talks about like how it didn't make sense that her character ended up becoming you know, who she became. I know we're giving out a lot of spoilers here, but, you know, I, it 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 just kind of went against the whole lore of the show. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and, yeah and, it changed it up big contra- time. Yeah, yeah the, season three contradicted season two. So yeah. I'm saying this to say that they because they lost the focus of what the show was about, they went into a completely different direction and it was lost on a lot of fans. Ahsoka is different in that you really, like you said, you could take this show anywhere. I mean, even though Ahsoka is the titular character, Mm. you can even do a show about Ezra and, you know, him fighting these wars. You can do a show about Sabine. 
and her presence in Mandalore. You can you can do a show just on Ahsoka. You can do a show uh, centered around Anakin's time with Ahsoka. Like there's so many different uh, moving. You can do a series about Thrawn, <laughs> right? There's exactly. So yep. The the characters are so compelling and interesting that you can literally create series around each of these characters, and they would be it would be enough where fans would just go crazy over it. Yeah. The Mandalorian, I don't, I don't think it has that kind of character driven sort of power like Ahsoka does, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I love the characters of, uh, of the Mandalorian, but mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that they, it has that same dynamic. So there's a lot of staying power with Ahsoka as opposed to the Mandalorian and, Maybe with this uh, film that Dave Filoni's directing is probably going to end the Mandalorian story because I, I honestly feel like it it just kind of should come to an end. I I don't think there's anywhere else to go with yeah. the character. Yeah, I don't know where else they would go. Yeah, I, I, as yeah. much as I hate to see them leave, I don't know where else they would go. It's just to be honest, as a fan, you don't really see because you know even with them trying to spin off. Um, Bubba Fett and I, I'm the, the actor's name is escaping me who did it but I don't think that deal is, did as well as they wanted it to because it wasn't enough time in the series to focus on that you know to really build up like that interest you know in the way they wanted to take the story you know people exactly. are familiar with that character in Star Wars but still you got to build it like if you're gonna you know just like when I feel like when Ahsoka hit Mandalorian I was like why did you just give me like this episode or two I was like tell me something else like I want to know more you know, like they hit this character, they went full in with how she was revealed. You know, they gave you a lot and still wanted you to know more. But some of these other characters they brought into the Mandalorian was like, uh, I get it, but it's like, where are you going to go with the story? So exactly, it's, I think they exactly. really set Ahsoka, like Dave knew what he was doing. He set this up really well in Ahsoka for like Jamie, Jamie laid it out really well. They have so many different angles. Like they're going to run with this. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind, they're ready to run with like these different shows and I don't know if it'll be a second season of Ahsoka or they just gonna you know go right into some different kind of spinoffs who knows but they who definitely knows? set it up it, yeah because and and it the reason why it's set up this way is because this is based off of source material that's already there that's you know present for the fans that's already expecting this so for example like Clone Wars Ahsoka's not prominently featured in all of those episodes they feature uh, other characters you know Anakin's in there and Padme's in there and yeah like, there's all of these different Star Wars characters in Clone Wars and then with Rebels Ezra is actually kind of the, the lead <laughs> if you want to be honest um with Rebels so it's like a lot of them had their own uh like little plot you know little stories um as characters and you can take them in different directions. So uh, Ahsoka can be a long ongoing series in that way, or they could do spinoffs if if they wanted to later on, um, however they decide to do it. But um, The Mandalorian is a show that eventually has to come to an end because the basis of the show is really this relationship between Din Djarin and Grogu, father and son. And once yeah. the father and son 
have separated, it, that's it. We, we don't care anymore. <laughs> like all of the rest mm -hmm. of the things that happen, you know, between them is just sort of like, you know, the, the background. But ultimately, the, the real story is that relationship between the two of them. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how things pan out with The Mandalorian. But I'm enjoying Ahsoka. Uh, my last question for you, though, is who is your favorite character in Ahsoka so far? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I know that is a hard question. I, I'm not even going to say Ahsoka because I feel like that's cheating. Because everybody already knows, like you, you uh, like you could have just not even told me to watch this if I didn't know the Rosario Dawson was gonna be in it. Like I would have just been like, I'll catch this later. But I was here like episode one because I was like, I want to see Rosario Dawson, so I won't pick that. I feel like that's cheating because I was like, everybody already knows that. Um, I would go with if it's not Ahsoka, I would go with Sabine because I'm just so I I like the layers to it. I like that there's still a little bit of Mandalorian that can be thrown in. Um, I like how you can't quite because every time I think I she she frustrates me, but she's also like my favorite to watch because, like you said, you can kind of see the way she's developing. Because when she made a decision she did about the map, I was like, "Girl, what are you doing? What is going on? Like this should have been an easy battle." But then, you know, me not having that much background on, and it's like, okay, well, what's the connection with Ezra? So I'm waiting to kind of see. Like I love, and then I love how she can press back with Ahsoka I feel like she's the only one that can kind of press Ahsoka a certain way and so I love that back and forth between these two ladies so yeah I would have to say Sabine I, I really like to see how her story right. is going to develop and what kind of you know you know if they're going to keep pushing like if we continue to get to see her story to where she's like somebody's master or she really takes on you know like listening to Ahsoka and they can become this team that everybody keeps rooting for so I can't I'm excited yeah I think it's what about you do you have a favorite character so mine changed from week to week. So I feel like I'm also <laughs> cheating <laughs> uh, because Sabine was my favorite in episode one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sabine just, I, I love her. Her her personality is as colorful as her hair. It's just, I, I, I absolutely <laughs> love her rebellious yeah. nature and, you know, her take no prisoners mm -hmm. attitude. Like she, she is, keeps it 100 all the time. Um, but right now, in this moment, as of this recording, my favorite <laughs> character is General Thrawn. And I know he's like the bad guy. And yeah. It's probably not, not a good thing to like the bad guy, but he's he is a likable bad guy. Um, he, I think Lars Mikkelsen just nailed it in this episode, his first appearance uh, in this series. And to the point where I'm like, he is frightening. He is really scary as a villain. Um, he's more scary than scarier than Anakin than than Darth Vader. You know, like mm -hmm. I just I can't even. And even you know General Moff uh, from Mandalorian, um, Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, I did say it right, Moff Gideon. Um, yep. I love Giancarlo Esposito. I think mm -hmm. he's amazing. Yep. But honestly, Thrawn is way scarier than Moff Gideon. Like he's yeah, he, just so yeah. scary. Gideon kind of just used his toys a lot. Like, yeah, Thrawn is like, he he got the presence where it's just like, yeah, what is, Thrawn is like, like, what is he gonna say? I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Yeah, like I know I said this before, but the fact that he's like, 
you know, not only I want you to kill Sabine and Ezra, but I want you to kill the people that's trying to kill them. <laughs> He's I like, why don't you just kill everybody? Why don't you just kill everybody? Just kill everybody. And Morgan, Morgan, if you don't piss me off, maybe you get to live. But you that's just need like, to kill everybody. I'm like, Morgan, Morgan better watch her back because, <laughs> you know, if you if you show one little small inkling that you have some kind of sympathy towards the Jedi, he don't want nothing to do with you. Like you, you, you gone. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving General Thrawn so far, and uh, his legion of night troopers and Captain Enoch looks like a badass as well. But yep, that's that's where I am this week. Next week, who knows? It, it may change. <laughs> Maybe Ezra uh, next week. We'll see. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We haven't got to see Ezra come out of his shell yet and get the full story. So yeah, this will be cool. Maybe he'll maybe he'll transform. You know, Jamie from the villainous side over. I know, you know, I know. I need I need to like a good person, a good guy, or a good girl. Right. You know, it's okay. It's okay to like the bad guy. Yeah, you know, I, there's villains are always so fascinating to me. Movie villains, <laughs> TV villains. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's really cool when you can get into like inside a villain's head. It's a little scary, but it's cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And General Thrawn historically is he's very strategic. He's he's a a very strategic mind and military strategist. So he's smart. And I love smart villains that are able to outwit the protagonists. Wow. Um, and he, he, he is that guy. He is that dude. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, I mean, we only got a couple more episodes, so we'll really have to see <laughs> the full weight of his power in season two. But um, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm loving every bit of this show. It's it's amazing television. It 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 ranks so high for me among the Disney yeah. Plus Star Wars shows. And I yeah, and I love them all. Yeah, yeah, love them all. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I hope it keeps going. I hope they keep this this going. I know we got the strike and everything going on, but. I'm just, I'm hoping they sell it. I hope they get some good contracts going because I really, I'm really excited. I'm I'm afraid it's going to be pushed off for, you know, a little bit because you got every, you got to get everybody back to work and get things settled. But I, I right. think they got something really cool, really cool going on with this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the strikes are kind of disappointing because right now, I mean, the strikes are, it's a good thing as far as solidarity for the writers and the actors, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a good thing that they're doing what they're doing, but it, right. it kind of sucks that, you know, we don't know when the next uh, season will, when they're going to even start working on that right? because of, yeah. because of what's happening now. So yeah, and it takes yeah. So much time to get it together. And so, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully yeah. we keep, you guys keep, you know, like rewatching and whatever you got to do, keep it out there. Like how everybody pushed for Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka. So it stays on the front of the mind, you know, once they get everything settled as far as contract. I do want to recommend, we recommended a lot of stuff that you can kind of watch, you know, if you want to find some some Easter eggs, Clone Wars, Rebels, Tales of the Jedi. If you just want more Easter eggs, more knowledge, what we're kind of waiting for, you know, season two and what have you. But there is a special look at Ahsoka. It's called uh, Master and Apprentice on Disney+. Plus. It's not very long. It's about 10 minutes or so. I highly recommend that. I thought that was so fascinating to kind of hear 
um, Dave Filoni really kind of talk about his journey with Ahsoka and, you know, how he really wanted the season to kind of play off the fact of like that master apprentice relationship. So if you got time to go check that out, they're also like a really cool interviews out with like um, Hayden and Rosario kind of talking like I've been seeing a lot of things on, so on social media with them kind of talking about their experience. So it's some it's some stuff, some little Easter eggs and stuff out there that we can kind of find as we kind of wait for them to figure out, you know, season two and what they got coming up next. So it's it's some it's some good stuff staring up. But yeah, Jamie, this is fun. I like I like kind of getting to vent about this and, and have fun talking about this. Me too. I I'm glad that you guys um, that are listening in are tuning in for the Ahsoka talk. I, I feel like we don't do enough of these conversations where we're just like chatting and talking about mm -hmm. things that are in pop culture and fandom and all of that stuff. So hopefully we can do more of these type of episodes, but yeah, we, we got two more out the gate and uh, it'll be interesting to see what social media has to say about it. I mean, people are going crazy right now over this last episode yeah yeah i've been oh. seeing the post yeah it's pretty funny to me I, I know the memes gonna start for days for thrawn if they're not already out there i know there's gonna be all kind of memes and everything oh now. there's so many memes there's so many <laughs> thrawn memes and like captain enoch right now everybody's talking about like he's yeah. got his memes so yeah it, it it's it's about to be on so yeah. next week episode actually as of this recording when you hear it uh the premiere of episode seven will stream tomorrow on Tuesday. And mm -hmm. then uh, then next Tuesday is the, the last one. And Rick is going to take us out. Rick's going to take us home with yep. this series uh, <laughs> season, season finale, not series finale. We don't yeah. want that. Yeah, we don't want that. We want that season. We want that season finale. And hopefully yeah. we, I don't know, you know, guys, Jamie is giving a lot of, she's working hard right now. She's giving a lot of content. You know, she's at a lot of festivals, you know, and all that kind of stuff that she's posting. But we want to try if we can. We want to try. So don't hold us to it. We want to try to come back and talk seven and eight if we can. We'll try. But if okay. not, you guys, please make sure you go, you know, support it. Support these actors that are working hard right now. Go watch the show. You know, keep it out there. T share with us. You know, give us like we want to know your ranking of Jedis. If you got to, you know, you want to move Obi-Wan like we want to move him up on the list. You know, let us know on social media what your list would be of rankings. And yeah, we'll we'll keep it going for you guys. You know, always new content, whatever we can kind of cover and bring you guys. But yeah, you got two Ahsoka fans right here. We're going to keep it going. We're going to be watching seven and eight with you guys. So let us know what you think. Let us know at BGM podcast is our Twitter handle. And yeah, give us your thoughts. We, we would love to see what you got to say. And thanks for, for tuning in. This is this was a lot of fun. I mean, here I am on the mic with my Ahsoka Mickey ears on. <laughs> yep, and yep. Maybe we I, could I do like, we're not making promises. Maybe we could get Jamie on camera for the next one so you guys will have a visual of her of her Ahsoka ears. Okay, we, ears. we might have to work that out. Because <laughs> I feel like she's looking real cute and Ahsoka-ish right now. We can't see anything. You guys, you know, it's, not, it's not fair for you guys not to be able to see it. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what we'll try to, we'll see what we try to work out. But we'll definitely, we'll like you out. said, check out, yeah, Black Girders on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So you can see, because she's been posting, guys. You know, follow on Facebook. She's been posting stuff. So go check it out and see what it looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, once this series ends, uh, after episode eight, if you haven't already check out Clone Wars, check out Rebels. Mm -hmm. These are some 
incredible shows. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. incredible. So um, you get a lot of her backstory. And then you mentioned Tales of the Jedi. You get to see Ahsoka as a baby. She so looks cute. so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. So, it's so cute, yeah. guys. Yeah. Check, so plenty of content to keep us busy. We want season two, but there's plenty of content to keep you busy. Keep you so busy go go time. go check it out. But yeah, thank you, Jamie. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Bye. Yep, see you next time. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds Podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.